0: So, hello. Hello. And it's good to see you at the History Café. Did you know that someone else has started calling themselves History Café? That's outrageous.
1: So, beware imitations. I'm John Rosebank. And I'm Penelope Middlebow. And this is an introduction to our series, Blowing Up the Gunpowder Plot.
0: Before you light your bonfire and set off your fireworks on November the 5th... Why not uh, spare a thought for Guy Fawkes, who was still standing up in flames more than 400 years after a crime that he probably never committed?
1: On the 5th of November 1605, Guy Fawkes was found in the cellar of the House of Lords in Westminster, London, with 36 barrels of gunpowder, three matches and a tinderbox in his pocket. He was going to blow up King James I and his entire parliament. Or, so we're usually told problem is that there's
0: not a single thread of reliable evidence, historical evidence, that any of it ever happened. Ever since the end of the 19th century, the gunpowder plot has been treated as a bit of a joke among professional historians. Uh, not because the evidence is vanishingly thin, which it is, but because it's been taken as read that Catholics well, must have wanted to blow up the Protestant James I and his government. Anybody who says anything else is a conspiracy theorist, a hobbyist, playing at being a historian of the period. Well, one historian called it a parlour game.
1: It's like saying the Americans never went to the moon.
0: Well, it's true, there's been a lot of far-fetched conspiracy-mongering
1: about gunpowder. But, right from the very beginning, as soon as the news broke, there were plenty of well-informed people who said that it was a sham, a fake invented by the government. Well, that in itself is worth knowing more about. Anyway, serious historians cannot dodge the problem with the evidence.
0: Pretty much none of the evidence that survived about Guy Fawkes, his fellow conspirators and the gunpowder barrels stands up to the most rudimentary test of historical credibility.
1: Almost everything you read in modern accounts, of the gunpowder plot is based on in large part on what has come to be known as the king's book, just one document. Well, it was published before the plotters had been tried in December 1605 and printed by the king's own printer. It uses as a basis a speech King James had given Parliament on the 9th of November. A speech that was, in fact, originally drafted by Chief Minister Robert Cecil's secretary. The Venice Monk. Yeah, and then corrected by Cecil himself. The book is a government narrative of the way the government, or Cecil, uncovered the plot. And it includes the signed confessions of two plotters, Guy Fawkes and Thomas Winter.
0: Now, this kind of thing is definitely not to be used as evidence of what happened, or at least not without reliable corroborating evidence. And here's the thing. The central difficulty of the gunpowder plot is that there isn't any reliable corroborating evidence.
1: The King's Book of 1605 reprints the two key confessions that we mentioned, from Guy Fawkes and Thomas Winter. But the key thing to remember is that the gunpowder plot falls into that infamous century of history in which torture first introduced by Thomas Cromwell in the 1530s, was used as a means of state investigation. In fact, the king's orders in torture, Guy Fawkes, still exists. Yeah, he said, start with something mild.
0: Probably the manacles.
1: Suspending him by his wrists and proceed to the worst. Well, the rag. A machine for stretching a man by his arms and legs, pulling them out of their sockets.
0: Now, we know a good deal more about the circumstances in which these confessions were obtained. You see, the man in charge of the Tower of London in November 1605 was William Wade. That's W A A D, Wade. He'd been a close friend of Robert Cecil since Robert Cecil was a child. In fact, the Cecil family had employed Robert, uh, William Wade as an agent or an intelligencer for decades. And together, they'd all been involved in a whole series of dodgy investigations, including framing Mary Queen of Scots for treason and getting her
1: executed. Of course, Mary Queen of Scots was James's mother. Yeah, look at, see John
0: Guy's book, uh, My Heart Is Not My Own. Yeah. Fantastic
1: book. So William Wade was known to be an unscrupulous operator with a long and unsavoury reputation for fabricating evidence and for using and for using and threatening torture. And his specialty was interrogating Catholics. In fact, his, his own team of investigators to track down and trap Catholics. It's very significant, therefore, to discover that in August 1605... So that's just, what, two or three months before the gunpowder plot, supposedly? Robert Cecil had installed his shady old friend, William Wade, as lieutenant of the Tower of London. Nope, the man in charge of the Tower of London had arrived very conveniently just in time to extract... Or fabricate. ...information from the alleged gunpowder plotters three months later.
0: Well, it was Wade who induced both Forks and Winters and Winter to give their full confessions. In fact, we know quite a lot more about how he did it. Uh, it's not very pretty.
1: <laughs> no, it isn't. So if you're intrigued to know more about the shadowy figures behind the story of 5th of November, there are playlists for the entire series of seven episodes... Called blowing up the gunpowder plot, and it would be great if you'd follow us on social media at History Cafe Pod.